Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Mickey Badlamenti, discipleship pastor here at Rock Point Community Church. Our goal in the messages we share is to consistently present God's truth in ways that will challenge you, bring you new perspective, and ultimately lead you into closer relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you in your faith. We also welcome you to visit us anytime you're in the Detroit area. Our Sunday services are at 9 and 11 a.m. and include a full range of children's programs as well as a ministry specifically for children with special needs. Find us on Facebook or visit our website at rockpoint.org for more information. One of the things that has been really great about this church, if you've been around for any length of time, is you know that we invest in long-term relationships, whether that's been someone like Dave Buring or Abdu Murray or Bishop Harris or others that we've had that you've seen have guests here. Another feature that has been really fantastic is that with minor exceptions, uh, a significant portion of our staff, whether it's been current or former, we continue to be in relationship with each other and encourage and minister together. Some are still in the congregation as they stepped off staff. Others have taken other roles, but we've continued in that. And one of those was our guest speaker last night at the men's gathering. Kent Chevalier was our youth pastor a little ways back or so, served here with his wife, Erica. In fact, Erica, his wife, was instrumental. She, along with uh, Brenda Dady, uh, founded and established Handprints, our early learning center and uh, daycare center over there. She was our first finance person involved with that. They came from Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh gave, and then Pittsburgh took away, all right? And they returned back to Pittsburgh. And in recent years, um, they have taken on an exciting new role as chaplains of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, just just some incredible history, relationship, blessing, and it's been fantastic just the last 24 hours to just kind of wallow in that again a bit. Um, he was supposed to actually be here. We'd slated to have a time together um, a month, uh, about a couple of weeks after Easter, and then COVID hit. And so this has been actually two years in coming. So would you please warmly welcome Kent Chevalier. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Man, the last time that I stood on this platform was 16 years ago. It's really hard for me to believe that. I had hair. Um, just sort of has come down into this region. But um, man, I, it is such a blessing. And I mean that in, in a real, I think we throw that word out a lot, but it is a blessing for me to be able to return to Rock Point. Um, those of you who might be new to Rock Point, let me just tell you this. Uh, this church changed our marriage. We were on staff here. We loved serving, but this was the first place that we tasted community. In ministry, it's so easy to just put out, put out, put out, put out. But we found a place where, man, you invested in us. And so Randy and Renee, you have continued to invest in us. We have lifelong friends uh, who are part of this church. And, man, for me to see Jake up here leading worship, come on now. He was in the student ministry, and he couldn't even play guitar. I put him, I put him in the band, and I was like, we're going to turn him way down because he don't know how to play just yet. Uh, it's incredible, man. And I love to see Jake. Josh Lukowski, man, his riffs up here, absolutely incredible. But it's great to be here. Everybody, thank you for allowing us to be here today. I want to begin um, with sharing a, a passage of Scripture that changed the trajectory of Erica and my life 
in our ministry. So if you have your Bible, open up to Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Let me read this to us. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, God said. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way. Now today, I just simply want to share my testimony with you. This is going to be less of a sermon and more of a testimony of what God has done in Erica and my life of becoming the chaplains to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and maybe it will encourage you today. Now when I say that word encourage, what it means is to put courage into somebody. And I hope that that's the case. See, Erica and I, born and raised in Pittsburgh, uh, we met at Geneva College. We dated all four years of college, got married right after school, two weeks after school. And we have been doing ministry ever since we met each other in college. And then we've been serving all of that time in the local church context. 10 years in student ministry, then 13 years in the local church as a lead pastor of a campus in Pittsburgh. And so all of that, and it was about year 10 in our church that we were serving in that God began to mess me up on the inside. I don't know how to say it any other way. I just knew something inside of me. I like to call it my knower. Like I, I knew God was doing something. But, but I didn't, you know, when I left Rock Point, we came back to Pittsburgh to launch a church, and it failed wonderfully. So this time around, that feeling that I had, right, I, I was hesitant to chase this feeling. I knew God was up to something, but I didn't want to do that again to Erica, to our family, right? And so I was scared to chase what I knew God was starting to do inside of me. Why? Because I was comfortable, I was good with the position that I had at the church. And I wonder if there might be anybody here today who might be in a similar state where you're comfortable. Right? Maybe, you know, you've had this idea, you know, that could change your business, but because of the timing of COVID, you're just sort of hesitating on it. Maybe you're here today and man, you've been dating her for a long time. And you know you want to commit to her. You know that you want to ask her to marry you. But you just can't pop the question. You can't bring yourself to do it. See, you, you know it on the inside, right? Maybe you're here and you've been tiptoeing around the idea of surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. And you know you want to. But you're a little bit concerned about what your friends or your family might think if you go all in on Jesus. Maybe you're here and you have been a Christian for a long time, and you know that you want to share your faith with people. But man, you're, you're like when you consider the fallout of what could happen at work or in your neighborhood, you just sort of hold back. I don't know what it is, but you know it inside. God has put it there, but you're a little bit hesitant to chase it down. See, here's the thing. I believe that God's going to mess us up on the inside until we step into the new that God tells us to do. See, I have to warn us, though, because many times this is where we step way too soon, right? And I'm speaking from experience here. We, I get into trouble, right? When, when I feel that holy discontent, as Bill Hybels described it, you know, you feel that holy frustration, and so you maybe grab onto the first thing that comes along. This has to be it, this opportunity, this open door. Let's go. It's got to be this person that, you know, is interviewing for the position. It needs, we need to fill it right now, so this must be the person. Let's go. 
This house has to be the house that we get into, right? Dream come true. But friends, we have to be careful here. And I'm speaking from experience here, but then also from people, mentors in my life who have taught me this principle. Look at this up on the screen. God's timing is just as important as his direction. So I learned my lesson this time around, and I was going to wait for God's timing this time. And so it was about two years into the frustration, into the waiting, when the San Francisco 49ers traded their tight end to the Pittsburgh Steelers. His name is Vance McDonald, and Vance and his family began to attend the church where I was pastor. And after service one day, Vance comes up to me and he says, hey man, I'd love to grab a cup of coffee. And I was like, sweet, this is going to be awesome. Because remember, I grew up in Pittsburgh. So I'm a huge Steelers fan. I'm like trying to be all pastor-like and be like, yes, let's, I will shepherd you, you know, <laughs> right? But, but I was like fanboying out on the inside, Vance McDonald, let's go, you know? So yeah, let's grab a cup of coffee, man. And uh, we got to know each other. We, one coffee led to another, to another, man. We had a growing friendship where he was sharing with me about how hard it is in the NFL to move to a new city like that. When you're trying to learn how to be married, he as a young dad was trying to figure that all out and he was just asking for advice and wisdom. How do I do this in the midst of all of this? And it was there for the first time that he shared with me that the Steelers, they did not have a chaplain. And when he said that, I was like, hmm, what is that? Right? And so as Vance and I got to know each other, you know, during that next season, Ben Roethlisberger and Vance McDonald connected for so many touchdowns. If you're a Steelers fan in here, right, or even just a fan of the NFL, you probably heard of Vance McDonald's stiff arm heard around the world, right? He catches a ball in the flat, man, and he just goes, boom, to this dude from Tampa Bay, and he launches him into the stands. It was amazing. No, it wasn't really that far, but it looked like it, okay? And we watched Ben Roethlisberger connect with Vance McDonald so many times. Vance had his best year, but you know what was going through my mind? Man, how's his marriage doing? How's he doing as a dad with all the stress and the pressure that he's under as a young man? Something began to even shift in my heart from a fan to now like almost spiritual father. It was interesting. And so after that season, Vance came to me and he said, hey, man, I need some help. Would you, would you disciple me formally? Like me and a couple of my buddies, would you help us? And so here's what I did. I know you know Dave Buring around here. Dave Buring, if I don't come to Rock Point, man, I don't meet Dave Buring. Dave Buring and his discipleship journey transformed my life in our ministry. And so what did I do, man? What I keep doing with guys over and over and over again, I walked him through a discipleship journey. And I watched as God transformed Vance McDonald's and these guys' life. It was amazing. And it was during that time that he kept dropping, man, I wish we could do this in the Steelers' locker room. And he was like, we need an NFL chaplain. And I'm like, huh. I would go home to Erica. I was like too scared to ask him. I'd go home to Erica and I was like, I wonder if, if like maybe this is it. Is this the new that God's going to do? Right? But I would never say that to him. But eventually I got up the courage and I said, Vance, I can't take it anymore. Are you dropping hints? Do you think I could be the Steelers chaplain? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know but, but are you interested? And I was like, well, how does one become an NFL chaplain? I didn't have a category. He goes, I don't know. Let me introduce you to Coach Tomlin. To which I was like, 
Either way, this is going to be awesome, right? As a Steelers fan, I get to have lunch with Coach Tomlin, right? This is going to be great. So I did. I had lunch with Coach Tomlin. We got to know each other. Vance and me and him at the Steelers facility was great. He invited me to come back to OTAs and rookie minicamp and to be able to have the opportunity to speak at chapel. And so I did. I got to hang out with the guys on the sidelines, man. I got to, you know, I took, I took my picture, like a selfie with all six Super Bowl trophies. It was amazing. How many of those do the Lions have? Okay, I, I realize that, that we tied you all this year, you know, and that was like your Super Bowl. So, But anyway, I took, I took a selfie with all six Super Bowl trophies, right? And then came my opportunity to preach at chapel. And man, I gave it everything that I had, and I preached Jesus. And Coach Tomlin said as I was leaving, we'll be in touch, right? And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And a day went by, nothing. Two days went by, nothing. A week goes by, nothing. Ten days go by, and I still hadn't heard a thing. So I began to think that I blew it, right? I began to settle back into this confusion. Like, you gotta, you gotta be kidding me, right? And, and, and have, you ever, have you ever felt like that? Where you actually step out into something, you shoot your shot, right? You make the sales pitch, you, and then you, it's like jumping off the high dive, right? Before your feet hit the water and you question your decision-making skills. Why did I do this? Right? And it's in these moments where I believe, at least it was for me, where the enemy of our souls begins to mess with us mid-jump. Right? He messes with our heads. He messes with our hearts. And he begins to whisper to us when we make that move. When we take that shot, when you make that pitch, when you make the jump, but then you have to wait. And it's in that waiting that you and I have a choice to make which voice we're going to listen to. Are we going to listen to the voice of truth of God who reminds us that we're loved, that we're enough? Or are we going to listen to the voice of our enemy who begins to whisper those lies that you're not good enough to get that position? You're obviously not wanted You know, who do you even think that you are that you could ever do something like this? And the confusion that I felt in that moment was mounting to a boiling point. It had been now three years since I first felt that, God, you're up to something. Three years I had been waiting. And I'm saying, God, come on. I'm trying to do the right thing here, man. I'm trying to follow you with everything that I've got. Where are you? Have you ever been there, any of you? Right, come on, God, we're in this COVID thing long enough. Can't you just step in and obliterate it all? Right, come on, God, I've been out of work for a long time now. When are you going to step in and provide for a job? Maybe it's a health crisis. I need somebody to be healed right now, God. Why can't you step in? We've all been there, some way, shape, or form. So there I am, I'm waiting to hear back. And now I'm still a pastor, I have responsibilities at the church. Right? And I, I travel out to the West Coast to do some training for a discipleship experience that we were just launching at our church. And so I go out there, and the, in the training, they sent us out for what they called the prayer experience. And they gave us a, a guide that they just said, here, just follow this, open up the guide, and you'll see a passage of Scripture, read that, and then we want you to write out your prayers according to that passage. Have you ever done that before? Prayer journaling? 
It's an amazing experience. So I did. I went out in the middle of California. It was amazing. I opened up the prayer guide all by myself, and all of a sudden I see Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. I open up my Bible to read God's word, and it says, see, I'm doing a new thing. And I'm like, I know. I know you are, but what? So we were instructed to write out our prayers. So here's exactly what I wrote in my journal. To be authentic with you, to show you what I wrote in my journal, I said, God, I'm trying to discern the new that you're doing in my life. Is it at Northway? That's my church. Is it with the Steelers? Is it with both of them? Is it with something else completely different? Either way, God, I need clarity. And I lay all of this down at your feet, but I'm anxious to know what you want for me and my family and my church family. You may have something else completely in mind, but I have known that you're up to something new for a long time in my life. And then I put the pen down, and the next passage in the prayer journal was to read Ezekiel 37, 1 through 9. And this is the Valley of Dry Bones passage, and so powerful. I'm not going to go into the entire passage this morning. I'll give you the, the Kent Chevalier kind of paraphrase of it. It goes like this. Essentially, God downloaded a vision to Ezekiel, and it had a really powerful lesson in it. And here was the lesson. God said to Ezekiel, I want you to say exactly what I tell you to say. And Ezekiel said it, and boom, a supernatural move of God took place. And then again, he says, Ezekiel, I want you to do exactly what I tell you to do. So Ezekiel does it, and boom, a supernatural move of God takes place. And this section of Scripture, it ends like this. Take a look on the screens. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, that I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. And I don't know how to fully explain this to you, but I could just tell in that moment that God was speaking to me. And so I picked up my pen. I started to write this, God, speak. Your servant is listening. And then I closed my eyes to, to focus in, and I heard God speak. Now, now listen, it wasn't like I heard an audible voice, thus saith the Lord to Kent Chevalier. It wasn't like that at all. All of a sudden, it was just in my knower. Like I, I knew, like it was there. This phrase, this sentences were all of a sudden just there in that moment. And so with my heart beating fast, I wrote this in my journal. This is what God said. Kent, just settle in. Do what I say to do when I tell you to do it. Nothing more, nothing less. That way you know it's me. So I wrote it all down in my prayer journal, and that very moment I knew that God was about to break through in my three-year waiting frustration period, and I wrote out this prayer to God. So, okay, God, I have a great thing going with Northway, my church. God, I'm just wondering what you're doing with this Steelers chaplain role. Am I initiating that? Because if so, I lay it down, and I will wait for you. So they called us back together. Prayer experience was over. Everybody come on in. And I gathered up to you know, get my things, close up my prayer journal. And I kid you not, at that very moment, at 1024 a.m. California time, why do I remember that? Because I wrote it in my prayer journal. Coach Tomlin texted me. 
And he said, hey, can you grab lunch over the next couple of days to talk about the position? And man, my hands trembled as I called Eric and I said, I'm about to become the chaplain to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. Now, mind you, he hadn't even offered me the position yet, right? <laughs> but but I, just, I just knew something was happening, okay? So I went to lunch with Coach Tomlin at the facility, and he laid out his vision. The faith-filled man that he is, he laid out his vision for the chaplain role, and he said, I am looking for a local Pittsburgh couple. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, this is going to be awesome, you know? And he says, here's what I want. I want them to pastor this team. I want a guy who can lead Bible studies for players and coaches and front office staff. I'm looking for his wife to do the same thing for the wives of this organization. And and I want you to speak before chapels and, and before those games. And I'm looking for you all both to do like a Steelers couple small group. And I loved everything that I was hearing in that moment until he said this. Now, this position is not hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would love for you to consider joining the staff of Athletes in Action. And as soon as he said that, I knew exactly what that meant. Because I've known people who served with AIA, which is a ministry of the missionary organization crew, Campus Crusade for Christ. I knew that every one of those people had to raise their full-time salaries, their benefits, their ministry budgets, And in my mind, in that moment, I began to shut it all down. You know how you're having a conversation with somebody sometimes, but you're thinking about something completely different? See, Coach Tomlin's mouth was still moving at that moment, but I'm having a conversation with God. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. You, You can't mean for me and my family to become a missionary family. Yeah, I got three daughters, man, college right now, and, and, and marriages, weddings in the future. You cannot expect me to step away from a secure position and become a full-time missionary. There's got to be another way. And Coach Tom is still talking, right? See, very quickly, my reaction in that moment revealed where I was actually placing my trust. See, my trust was not fully in the God that I had been preaching for 25 years. See, my trust was in a paycheck. My trust was in a position. My trust was in me providing for my family. And I say that out loud now. I get emotional and I get embarrassed by that. But here's the thing. I don't think I'm alone in that. I'm wondering if anybody here can relate So the meeting ended with me and Coach Tomlin cordially, you know, agreeing that I would continue down the process of the chaplain search. But in my mind, I was shutting it all down. Bottom line, I was afraid to step out like that because of what happened before with the church plant failing. You know, I went home to tell Erica and we began to just shut it all down in our minds, but we agreed that we would see the process through. We didn't shut down the process, but we were like, At this point, let's just, okay, this is not going to happen, but let's go through it. But here's what we also agreed to do, to fast and to pray, to see if maybe this actually was God, to give him a landing pad, so to speak, that if this is him, 
And during that few weeks of time, we would have our devotional time, reading scriptures, fasting, and prayer. And Erica would go out onto our back patio. That's her space in the summer to go out there and pray. And one day as she's out there, no, no joke, the fern begins to move. She's like, what is going on? She thought it maybe was like a snake or like freaking out. Can't come out here. What is this? I get close to the fern and a bird flies away. We open it up and there's a nest inside this fern that has three little eggs inside of it. And over the next couple of days, we would see mama bird and daddy bird come down and all of a sudden we hear the chirp, chirp, chirp. They had hatched. And all of a sudden we got it. The words of Jesus. Look at this, Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And as we prayed down in pro this process, we walked. See, God was taking us to school about what it is that we really trust in this life. And he began to shift our hearts to be and practice what we have been preaching all of these years. To follow Jesus, no matter what the cost, and to trust the principle. Look at this, that when God guides, he will always provide. Somebody needs to hear that today. See, together, Erica and I, we decided in that moment that we would put our feet in our family where our mouth had been all of these years, and we took a step, watch this, with fear fighting our faith. And we agreed together in unity that we would do it afraid. We would do it afraid. So we flew out to Colorado to meet with Athletes in Action, the leadership out there. And we did it. We signed on the dotted line to become full-time missionaries. Are you kidding me? Right? And this happened to coincide with Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, their national missionary gathering. So get this picture, 8,000 missionaries all gathered in this basketball arena at Colorado State University. And there we signed the papers. We did it. We stepped out. But to be honest with you, we were really freaking out. Like, I can't believe we're doing this. And Erica will tell you, she was confident, but she was nervous. And so that morning, we, had, we only had a couple days there. That morning, man, she went for a run to kind of clear her head and to pray. And, and, and she came and she eventually told me this, that she said, God, I need something. You gave Kent that moment with 10.24 a.m., Coach Tomlin texting me at the exact moment that he laid it all down, God, I need something. In the middle of Colorado State University, she's having it out with God as she's running. And so here's the thing. She comes back. We go to the last session that we were there. And so get this picture, all right? Giant basketball coliseum, round stage in the middle, 8,000 missionaries strong, worshiping God. All together. And have you ever been in an environment where there is a painter who's painting in the middle of worship, in the music portion, right? I, I know that we've done that here in the past, right? And, um, and so they're on the other side of the round stage. So we're on this side. And on that side of the round stage, there's a painter who's furiously painting. But we can't see what he's painting. All we see is the back of the canvas, and the camera's intentionally not showing what it is that he's painting. But as you feel the worship music come down, the camera pans back from what he's been painting that entire time. And what do you think he painted? 
Take a look. Are you kidding me? This was God's very specific answer to Erica's prayer. See, I believe that God answers prayer all the time. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's just not yet. I'm moving chess pieces around. This was specific to Erica's prayer. And she and I looked at each other in that setting, and we were like, right? And and I was like, let's go! Because now we know. We have a confidence that God is going to be with us. He's going to go beside us. He's going to hem us in behind. It's going to be an amazing adventure. And so, friends, the reason that I came here to share our story is this. As I close, I wonder if there might be someone here today who has grown comfortable See, I wonder if you are trusting in a paycheck. If you're trusting in a position, you're trusting in yourself instead of God. And you know, in your knower, that God has been calling you to step out into something. But you're hesitating. You're stalling. You've walked away from that dream. You have squashed the idea because someone told you it's just too risky. It doesn't make logical sense. The timing is not right. But you know in your knower that you're supposed to do it. So I want to encourage you to do it afraid. Do it afraid. Man, you've been dating her for too long. It is time to pop the question. Do it afraid. Right? It's time to pitch that idea to your boss. It could change the business. Do it afraid. Christian, it is time for you to share your faith. Do it afraid. Man, it is time for all of us to have these uncomfortable conversations with people who don't have the same skin color as, as us. Do it afraid. It is time for you to give your life to Jesus. Do it afraid. It's time for all of us to do something for God. Do it afraid. See, I believe that God is looking for men and women who will step out in bold faith, especially coming out of this COVID season that we've been up and down, up and down. It's pushed pause on so much in our lives. I believe that there are some new things that God is calling his church to do. He's saying, forget the former things. Now notice, he didn't say they're bad. He just said, forget these former things. I'm doing something new. Can you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and in the waiting. So I don't know what it is that God is calling you to do personally, but here's what I know about God. He's making a way for you. He will provide for you. His presence will go before you. His hand will be upon you. So the question that I want to leave us all with today is this. Will you follow Jesus' example? And do it afraid. Let me explain. Because when Jesus saw the path to the cross, he asked his father, is there any other way to do this? And when God said, answered his prayer, he said, no. Jesus went ahead and did it afraid. And he said, not my will, but yours be done. And knowing the joy that laid before him, Jesus endured the pain of the cross. And he died. And three days later, he arose from that grave. Hallelujah. And I believe that there is somebody here that God is calling to join Jesus today by stepping out in that kind of trust, in that kind of faith, and to do it afraid. Why? 
Because God's going to use you to resurrect someone's life. God's going to use you to resurrect someone's marriage. He's going to use you to transform somebody's life because you introduce them to Jesus. He's going to use you to uniquely do your part in your circle of influence to make his name famous in that circle. So do it afraid. But here's the thing, everybody. He's not going to give you a strategic plan, a five-year vision. See, I believe that God's going to give you enough light to take that next right step. See, Erica and I jumped, man. And we're trusting God for everything. And it's scary, but at the same time, it is amazing to watch God do his thing and to be faithful, 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 as we sang here today. See, our faith is being stretched in ways that we didn't know that it needed to be stretched. Our faith is being brought alive in ways that we didn't even know our faith was dead. And time and time again, we've seen God be faithful. So I don't know what it is for you today, but you know it. What God is calling you to do. So I believe that Randy, without even knowing what I was going to preach on, he brought me here today to encourage you, to put courage into you to follow God. Trust Jesus' example. And for you personally to do it afraid. Would you stand up with me? I would love to pray over us. Rock Point, I love you. You have a very special place in my heart. So I would love to pray over us. We have work to do. Let me pray. God, thank you for each and every person who is here online with us right now. God, there is so much that you want to do in this world. The harvest is plentiful, you said, but the workers, the workers are few. And God, I'm staring at an army of workers. God, would you give us the courage to step out specifically what it is that you're calling us to do? Each person here, they know what it is. Would you give them the courage to follow through, take that little step and to watch you do your thing, to be faithful in their life? God, you wouldn't call them to do it without supplying them the need that they have. So God, would you do everything that you've promised to do when they step out and obey you? God, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all. Thanks for letting us be here. We've had some really rich time the last uh, several weeks. Mickey uh, sharing as he did, and then uh, John sharing last week. Uh, Kent here now. Uh, Next week, we will have uh, another person who was actually our first youth pastor here at the church speaking. He's the current lead pastor here at the church. Um, That was really nice. Online, one single clap over in the corner, alone. They don't even know what they're clapping for. A um, couple things, real quick as we close this. One, Ken said, you know how I trusted him without knowing what he was going to share. There's some people that you know their integrity, you know your heart, and, and you just release them because you can trust that. There's others you don't know them that as well, or you know them really well, and you don't trust them. <laughs> but we've had such great relationship uh, over the years. But here's one final thing I want to say is this. There were several things that happened in this service right now, musically, scripturally, 
and thematically that neither of the individuals know that relate to where I want to go with you next week. There were several things that there's a, 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 a another a, a, the rest of the story. And so I want to encourage you next week uh, to step back in as we share some of those things. Meanwhile, if you did make a commitment to Christ, if there's something stirring in your mind, realize it's about relationship. It's about relationship with you and God, but it's not just you and God. You commit to God, you get the whole church whether you want it or not. That's all part of that with all the warts, but also all the good things as well. Years of relationship, trust, and affection, and love. That's all part of it. I want to thank Kent and Erica for being here. Um, We want to bless them, and we're going to close in prayer that way. But guys, thank you just so much for taking the time from family and everything else being here. This is great. Yeah, there's a whole Lions thing we'll talk about another time uh, and discuss, but let's, let's gather. Father, I, I thank you for these friendships of which this is just even a portion of representation. And Lord, I, I ask right now that you would bless Kent and Erica as individuals before your face in their marriage with their children, and then, Lord, with the light that they are sharing with these men and women who are in incredible places where winning and losing has such implications for life. And so we pray your blessing upon them. And I pray, Lord, for all who heard this word today, that they would draw an eye to you. We commit these things into your hands in faith and in thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll see you next week.